ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. gentlemen, welcome to the Friday edition of Hard in the Paint with David Grubb. And to go into the weekend, I thought of no better guest than to join me than my good friend and colleague and person that I miss just talking with in general. Um, now in Tampa, Florida, the one and only Karen Loftus. Karen, how are you doing today? I'm good. I miss you too, Grubb. It has been too long, both with the pandemic, it's been tough. You know, you've been in town, I think. Uh, you've been in the area a couple times since you left, but the pandemic has kept us apart in that regard. So, but at least we've gotten to do these a few times. I know, these are always fun. And I've always looked forward to when Tampa, you know, Tampa Bay plays New Orleans, because then I get to reconnect with all of my media friends for the New Orleans market. I'm at the top. Am I number one? Obviously. I'll take that, even though I know you're probably lying. But Stop. That's okay. <laughs> um, of course, the story this weekend, Saints and Buccaneers for the right to move on to the NFC Championship game. Um, first, let's get the, the three-game thing out of the way. Uh, everybody always says it's hard to beat a team three times. NFL history says that it's not really that hard. It's 12-5 and five for the home team in those situations. Um Tom Brady had never been beaten twice by a team in his division in a single season. This is him really going up against history. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, when you think about this game, it's more so just about execution. And the Bucs have been saying there's nothing that they're going to do that we're not expecting. It's just what they do, they do at such a high level that their execution is incredible. So, you just have to play fundamentally sound football. And it sounds easy when you just say it or on paper, rather. It's like, be physical, hold your blocks, play fundamentally sound football, don't turn the ball over. And then it should be fine. Um, easier said than done when you're going up a team, up against a team like the Saints, where they leave you so little room for margin of error. Um, how is this Buccaneers team different? than the team that the, that the Saints faced in week nine, because there have been some major changes to the way that they run their offense. Uh, there have been a couple of injuries as of late along the offensive line that will uh, impact this game. Uh, but And then on the de defensive side, uh, there's been a, a definite maturing process for that group as well over the course of this year. Second in the NFL and pressures on the quarterback, uh, a very important key to this game. There's been a lot that's changed since week nine. And you think about it, Grub, it's been two months. And since then, the turning point that we've all sort of keyed in on for the Bucks is their bye week. And that they had one of the latest bye weeks in the entire league. And they were able to take that time, look at where they were, and sort of regroup. And we've seen that. And especially in the offensive side of the ball. And you look at what they didn't have this off season, as far as extra workouts, time together, time to get up to speed. And now you're getting to see everything come together. You're getting to see the emergence of Antonio Brown, who's finally found his role and just getting a rapport, getting up to speed, game speed. Um, he's been an incredible threat out there. 
Um, I think he's had five touchdowns um, in the last four games, 315 yards receiving, and he's on Brady's radar more. And I don't know if people forget how good of a receiver he is, um, but he's incredible. And then you have Mike Evans, who's been completely consistent. They dodged a bullet there with that knee hyperextension where they thought it could have been something a lot more serious. Very fortunate in that regard to still have him um, at 80%, I would say. But Mike Evans at 80% is pretty darn good. Yes, he is. Um, you mentioned the offensive line. That's something where we've seen them play really, really well this season in protecting Tom Brady and especially the last four or five games. But, you know, Alex Kappa goes out with a fractured ankle at right guard. So you have Aaron Stinney coming in who has some experience at the NFL level, some game reps. Um, but it's also a question mark because whenever you shuffle that offensive line at this point in the season against a team like the saints, where, you know, they're going to circle that guy and be like, here's our weak spot whether he's, you know, deserves that or not, he's the new guy on the offensive line. So that's your first point of attack. And Cam Jordan, Trey Hendrickson, which I'm looking at, I don't know if he's going to go. He's been right. limited participation this week. That, that's the thing I keep saying is like, I'm looking at Trey. And if he goes, that's trouble. He you was don't such want, a factor. You don't want a business. <laughs> no, he, he, his skill set seems re- to match up really well against the Buccaneers in particular three straight sacks in the last time, the last game that they played, his speed is very different in style to, like you say, Cam Jordan, who is strong, relies on counters, things like that. Whereas Hendrickson is just a, a blindingly fast defensive uh, rush pass rusher. And and then you've got the, 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 this is the strength of the Saints defense is in the, the ability to switch up that line, put ends in this on the inside, put tackles on the outside. So yeah, th- that communication with the offensive line and Tom Brady is going to be so important. Yeah. And just looking at that matchup on, uh, on, for both sides, I think the key to this game is which team can affect the, the quarterback more because we've seen that breeze is incredible at extending plays and especially the rapport he has with his offensive weapons, especially Mike T. You know, if, if you can't affect him early and often, just being a menace and in his face, it's going to be tough. And you don't want to start playing the, the, the catch-up game and, and fighting against the scoreboard there. The one thing that the Patriots have done, too, that, that has really stood out is increase their number of big plays. The 20-plus bucks. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Whoops. Yes, 40 and something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, they've increased those big plays, those 20 plus yard plays, which was a concern coming into the season for Tom Brady that he had not done that consistently the last few seasons. They found ways through motion and changing up their play design. A lot of 12, man, uh, 12 concepts with two tight ends that have helped as well. Um, how did that relationship uh, with the offense and the play calling between Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady, and a very set-in-his-ways person, Bruce Arians. How has that evolved over the last few weeks? I think it's the relationship between Tom Brady and his receivers and the communication on the offensive line. When all of that has come together and just knowing where you're supposed to be, running the routes and knowing where the ball's going to be, and just all of those nuances that are, are so much more than just a play call. And again, you're seeing this all come together with no off season and how many weeks into the season are we now? How many months into the season that you're seeing all of this come together? And there's never been a doubt with 
Brady's mechanics as far as arm strength or anything like that. I actually interviewed his throwing coach, Tom House, and I said, you know, aside from the wins and losses, what are you seeing? Like, how much do you still watch Brady on a day-to-day basis? And what are you seeing? And he said, he's throwing the ball the best he ever has. And he said, I'm not talking about the wins and losses. I'm not talking about, you know, a receiver running a wrong route or interceptions and stuff. Cause not all that's his fault. He said, I'm looking at mechanics. I'm looking at his arm strength and everything that he has control over. And he's doing it still at such an elite level at 43 years old. This game feels like it's, it, it has the recipe for a shootout. These teams have scored a lot of points against each other. Um, they are both capable of putting up a lot of points. And even with their two defenses being strong, the areas that both of them attack are the areas where the other team tends to find itself vulnerable. This, I mean, it, it feels like this should live up to the hype. So you thinking Alvin Kamara is going to have six more touchdowns? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying he's going to score six <laughs> touchdowns. I'm just saying all the things, you know, the, the it's, it's set up to be one of those heavyweight fights where – it's going, it, it could quite well be who has the ball last. And then you're, you're talking about two of the greatest two minute quarterbacks of all time doing that. Uh, it's, it, it's what could be the X factor in that? Because you were going to focus on Drew Brees and Tom Brady. We're going to focus on Alvin Kamara and Leonard Fournette. We're going to focus on Mike Thomas versus Mike Evans, but there are players who could step out of this and be those and, and in games like this, there are X factors Who could that be for Tampa Bay on both sides of the ball? You know, it could be tight ends. You know, we could be looking at, you know, Rob Gronkowski and and Jared Cook making these big plays. Um, And Cam Bray. Cam Bray is another tight end for the Bucs who had an incredible game against Washington. He had 80 receiving yards on four catches. He was second in receiving yards behind Mike Evans. So as with the Saints, the Bucs have people who can make plays uh, whenever their number – may be called. And, and those are some people that I'm looking for. And then you look at special teams too. I mean, Ryan Suckup has been incredibly consistent. He's only missed three field goals the entire season. He's missed a couple extra points. Um, and then you have Will Lutz, who's maybe missed what one extra point. Um, and it was just in the last game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's missed five field goals. Yeah. He's um, been a little bit of a struggle as of late for Will. So, I mean, if it comes down to the kicking game, I'm really confident in, in suck up and, and his ability to um, make a field goal, or if it comes down to a missed extra point or a made extra point. Um, the coaches are two guys who are similar in a number of ways, um, both very confident, both very aggressive, um, very much willing to do what they want to do rather than what the situation might normally call for. Um, when you look at the, the matchup between the head coaches, you seen you know Sean Payton, you've been around him enough. And and then this year talking with Bruce Arians, what do you what do you like about these two coaches um, stylistically and why they resonated over the years with their teams? One of the things, and I'll um, pull from Tom Brady on this because he hit the nail on the head when he spoke to this yesterday, is continuity. Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been together for forever. They know each other inside and out. They've faced nearly every situation you could encounter, and they just know exactly what the other person is thinking, all of that. And even with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, I mean, that group has been together for a while. So I think continuity is 
working in the favor of the Saints and Sean Payton knowing his personnel and what he has. Bruce Arians on the other side, he has a very talented roster, but you, you think, I mean, a lot of those pieces are new mm-hmm. and you would hope by this point in the season, they know each other. And I think that we've seen that, that there's a familiarity and there's a respect too, that these players want to play well for BA. And there's a lot of respect there. And Leonard Fournette is one of the guys that comes to mind when you think about that, like how BA handled the situation earlier in the season with the injury, he was about 80% and BA was like, no, you're going to sit. And Leonard was really upset about that at first. But then when he realized his longevity and really cared about him as a person, it wasn't just going to throw him out there. He earned respect. And that's just one example of, you know, being a player's coach and and he's smart too. I mean, BA is, is a well-respected coach around the league. Um, I think on the defensive side, it's going to come down to who can disguise the best. We know the Bucks are going to blitz. They love to blitz. Um, Drew Brees does not like pressure up the middle. Um, no quarterback does, but it's going to be about how do you disguise those. Same for the Saints. Dennis Allen is going to want to give Tom Brady as little time as possible to make reads on his defense. Um, again, these are, this is where these two quarterbacks excel. Uh, what has Coach Morris been preaching about how he's going to approach attacking the Saints offense? Um, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. I, I just want to. I'm be having such an NFC South, South day because you know yeah. <laughs> Raheem is in Atlanta and I'm ha- and he was the head coach in Tampa and I'm having that day. I'm sorry. It's, it's Friday. It's all good. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yes, um, the biggest storyline right now is having Devin White back. Um, as you know, he was on the, the reserve COVID list for the past two games. He's chomping at the bit to get back, and he is such a menace. He's the heartbeat of that, that defense, and obviously you know him very well from his days at LSU and, and high school too. Um, but he leads the team in tackles. He has nine sacks this season. I mean, he has been flying around. He only had two and a half sacks last year, and he said that that was a huge point of emphasis for him this season – and we're seeing it. So having him come after the quarterback is going to be something to watch out for. And, you know, it's like those guys from Louisiana, they all got a little bit of extra motivation coming back to the boot and playing. True. Um, so Devin White, Levante, David, those two, that tandem um, is fierce. And Shaq Barrett, even though his numbers um, in regards to sacks are not what they were last year when he led the league, he's still able to affect the passer. And and that's, you know, sometimes that is all you need. You know, you don't need, you know, six sacks a game. If you're just making Breeze uncomfortable and and, and Shaq Barrett is, is one of those guys that can do that. And we we know that a turnover could turn this game because these are two teams that do not turn the ball over a lot. Um, But the saints have had a problem with Taysom Hill in particular, uh, putting the ball on the ground, um, is he somebody that the Buccaneers have been you know, game planning for? Because I think that the reputation is that Sean Payton is going to use him at some point. Is he something, someone that is a priority for Tampa? Or is it really just, we know we have to take away a little bit of everything? I think the latter. I mean, Taysom Hill is just a player that you have to account for at multiple positions. Um, so they know, again, they know the situations they use him don't think Taysom Hill is going to be doing anything that we haven't seen because we've seen him play every position and do everything. Um, so that's something that they're going to prepare for in the sense that they know 
they're planning on him on him being out on the field, whether he's on, I think he's been limited participation right. this mm-hmm. week, but they're preparing as if he's going to be out on the field. But again, I, when I, I asked Devin white, I said, you know, what do you do to affect this team? That's just so fundamentally sound. Like, you know what they're going to do. And he said, we just have to be physical. We have to just come at them and be aggressive. And that was the same thing that Todd Bowles was saying too, is just physicality and do what you do all season and just do it to the best of your ability. (laughs) What do you think they learned in Washington Um, playing that playoff game together you know, being that group for the first time in the postseason, but also maybe playing a little bit closer than they anticipated against the team that normally on paper they would think you'd think, oh, this is a walk. Um, did they learn a lot about what it takes to be a postseason team, uh, whatever that may be, um, in that game? I think it did a lot for confidence. You talk about a franchise that hadn't even made the playoffs in 13 years and hadn't won a playoff game since the one, the year they won the Super Bowl. So confidence wise, that does a lot is like, not only do we get here, but we prove that we can win a playoff game too. And, and say what you want about it being, you know, the NFC East champion um, with a losing record. But the other thing that I would think would be a takeaway is their ability to adapt because Alex Smith is who they planned for all week. And you come in at the last minute and all of a sudden, Taylor Heineke, whoa, hold up. This is a guy that's mobile and you're not preparing, you're not game planning all week for him. You might've done a couple things like, okay, maybe just in case. Mm -hmm. But Bruce Arians even said after, he's like, we would have preferred Alex Smith because he doesn't move around like Heineke does. So you think about what the Bucks were able to do. And yes, Heineke ran for a lot. He balled out. He played a great game. But you think about at the end of the day, the Bucks were able to do enough to get the win against a quarterback they were not preparing for. I don't care what his name is. I don't care how little experience he has. He is a very good player. And they were able to um, do enough to get the win. This is, this is a legacy moment more so – more so for Drew Brees, I would say, certainly. Tom Brady's place, you know, another ring, yes. It's, it would be a fantastic story um, for Tom. Um, but does he, as personally as he takes these types of things, does how much does he relish this moment, really, to be on the same field with someone who is judged as, you know, the closest peer other than Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers, and there, this is – for everything, really. He could end Drew Brees' career, quite frankly, this weekend. Yeah, and and I think that's something that's more for us, the media, to talk about. When you talk about somebody who's such a competitor like Tom Brady, of course he's aware of that storyline. But for him, it's tunnel vision. It's, I want another ring. And if I'm going through Drew Brees, I'm going through Drew Brees. And if it's going to be the battle of the old men quarterbacks, I'm going to come out on top. And I think that's all that, that, that the focus is, is they just want to win. And they know that it's going to be a really difficult task against a really good Saints team. If it's called a pick them basically by Las Vegas three-point game. I know you are in Tampa, but you're also a person who's going to be straight with me. What's your gut tell you um, about Sunday? I've been going back and forth about this 
And earlier in the week, I was like, <sighs> my heart was saying saints. I've covered them, you know, for three years. I know what they can do. But then just as this week has gone on, I've been shifting towards the Bucks, And I really think, I think the Bucks are going to win. I'm going to say Bucks by a field goal. I, I think it's going to be very close. I'm going to say a field goal or maybe even two points. I think it's going to be very close. Um, I'm looking forward to it. The whole world is looking forward to this one. I just wish that I could get to see you um, this weekend uh, at the game, but maybe this fall with the, <laughs> if we're past this pandemic. That's we'll finally what I'm get to saying. Hang out again. I know. Well, thank goodness for technology and we're able to, you know, get to chat about such an awesome game that we have this weekend. Yes. So please tell folks how they can follow you in, uh, in all the great stuff you do down in Tampa. Sure. On Twitter, it's at WFLA Karen and on Instagram at KC Loftus. Um, yeah. And anything Bucks, I'm your person. We got it covered. We're the uh, official station of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers News Channel 8. So we got you covered. Thank you so much, my friend. We will talk again soon. For Karen Loftus, I am David Grubb, and this has been another edition of Hard to Paint. I'll talk to y'all.